I mean, that's kind of a churchy thing to say, but, you know, there really is, uh, there's just, man, that something does something in your heart. I hope it does for you. It's, uh, man, it's amazing. Well, we're going to be uh, continuing now, kind of in our theme uh, for the morning, and, uh, and, and thinking about baptism, because today, like I said, we've got seven people being baptized today, and, and who knows, four days out, more people may decide that you might be someone who's going to sit there today and you might decide that actually by the time today's out, you want to be baptized. In fact, what I'm just going to speak about today, I thought it'd just be great uh, just to, to reflect on. I actually thought the, the way this kind of came about, I thought, you know what I want to speak to? I want to speak to the people who are getting baptized today. So in some ways, I'll just speak to you, Teresa, in this service. And I hope that doesn't make you feel awkward. I'll just kind of stare at you for the next 20 minutes in this crowd of people and talk to you. No, just <laughs> the, the cool thing is, I thought, as we talk to the people getting baptized today, uh, baptism days, I think like this, are a little bit like going to a wedding. And if you're someone who's been married, you go to a wedding, and what do you think about? You think about your wedding, and you think about your marriage. And if you're not married, you think about, I hope there's someone cute at the reception. You know, you, so you, there's different things. That'll be a little different today. We'll scratch that one. But... If you're a married person who's that, you know, so it's always a good day to think about actually your own, uh, if you're someone who's been married, your own kind of vows and commitments you made and how you're going with that. And so I thought today's baptism, we'll talk a little bit to the people who are getting baptized, but if you're someone who's been baptized, then I hope this gives you a chance to think about, because we're going to listen to some words of encouragement to people who are new followers of Christ in, in the Bible. And I hope it's encouraging you. You may have been baptized years and years ago. These words are just as applicable today, of course, as they were that day. And so it'll be a chance for all of us to just think about if we have decided, like we were singing about, if you're one of those people who's decided to follow Jesus, here's some great things about what that actually looks like in our lives. And if you're someone who's here and you're not, you know, familiar with baptism, wouldn't call yourself a, a Christian or a Christ follower, you know, give you a chance to think about, well, this is what we're, when we talk about following Jesus, this is what we mean. When, when someone gets baptized, you'll, you'll hopefully get a bit of a picture throughout the, this little talk about what that actually looks like. And so and I'm going to do something a little bit different today in, in some ways. I'm actually just going to do um, a, almost just kind of a, a, a long extended scripture reading. We're actually just going to kind of sit and dwell in a, in a passage of Scripture that comes from Colossians. And as I was thinking about, you know, what would, what would you say? Because at first I thought, you know, what would you say? What would I want to say to people who are just being baptized? And, and then I thought, you know what, there's this passage. And if you were doing the 40 days in the Word, which wrapped up this week, the 40 days, how, did anybody really get a lot out of the 40 days in the Word? Give me a clap if you got a lot out of that 40 days. All right, we got, we got some people. That's good. And uh, if you're not clapping, you can always grab that thing and go for it again. It is Amazing. And one of the readings just, I think it was just last week, uh, was from Colossians 3, uh, verses 1 to 17. And those are the verses we're just going to kind of read and sit in a little bit today. And, and it's a letter. Um, you know, the great thing about that 40 days, we just watch this story unfold from Genesis right through to all the prophecies looking forward in the Old Testament to Jesus coming and rising and going again. And then the establishment of the church. And, and this letter here, Colossians, that we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3, 1 to 17 today, is this letter to these new believers because there were only new believers at that time. Everybody was just getting started. And, uh, and Paul writes this great letter. And, and in some ways, it speaks so appropriately for, for someone who's just been baptized. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn there, or we'll have it on the screens. Colossians 3, verse 1 says this. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. 
Now, we'll, we'll pause on this. What we're going to do is going to read through a positive points. This is why I thought this is so good for someone who's just been baptized because what we're going to hear is, since then, therefore, do this now, since you have been, what does it say? Raised with Christ. And this is a picture of baptism. When we are baptized, as we saw today, we are buried with Christ. If you're not familiar with baptism, what this is is a picture of being identified with Christ. Christ died, was buried for three days, and then rose again to life. So when you're baptized, the reason we actually do this and, and why we're called to it, one of the reasons is it's a picture of saying, I'm, I'm being buried with Christ. I'm identifying with Christ. And so when you go under the water, it's like you're being buried with Christ. His death is for me now. I'm dying with him. And when you are raised out of the water, it's like you're being raised with Christ. And his, now, not only did you share in his death, you share in his resurrection life. And we believe that there's this resurrection life that's got power and all these great things. And so since you've been raised with Christ, since you've, since you've identified with his death, and since you've been raised with him and raised out of the waters of baptism, you could almost say, the Bible always pictures it that way, then do this, do this. Since then this happened, do this. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I'm going to pause right there again for a moment. Think about these phrases. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Do this, do this. And the rest of this chapter... Uh, the rest of these verses we're, we're going to read uh, really are, are flowing out of doing this one thing. You, if you do this one thing, and if you forget everything else we kind of read today or, or nothing else lands for you, do this one thing. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Set your mind on things above. This is about being baptized, being raised with Christ, being identified with him, is to set your heart and your mind, the core the very essence of who you are, to set it on this one thing, the things of God, the things of his kingdom, the things above, where Christ is. Set your heart and set your mind on those places, not on earthly things. In life, we're all going to set our hearts on different things. We can all set our mind to different things. We can set our hearts on uh, you know, having a certain career path. We can set our hearts on uh, having a house in a certain postcode. We can set our, our hearts on a target number in our superannuation. We can set our hearts on having a great family and the family we always dream of. We can set our hearts on all kinds of things. And all those things I listed, they're not bad things. I'm not saying they're bad things. But what this verse tells us is that once you've been raised with Christ, if you've, if you've been buried with him, raised with him, you're going to follow him you got to set your heart and your mind on, on, not on the things of this world anymore, but that the priority in your life, the focus of your life, the one thing you are centered on, you are set on, is, is the things above, the things of God's kingdom. I think this is a great question to ask ourselves. What have I set my heart on? What am I passionate for? What gets my juices going? What have I set my mind to? You know, all of us in this room, when we set our minds to things, we can, we can reach goals and set targets and come up with all these things. But what have we set our hearts and set our minds on? I think this is the question this wants to, man, when you've been raised with Christ, set your heart, set your minds on things above. This is what we're called to do. Because something happens when we do that. As we go on, it says, verse 3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
Again, we do this because we died. We were buried in the water. It's like saying goodbye to our old life. We've, we've died to our old life. This is what it means to be baptized and to follow Christ. We died. Our old life, all the things that our hearts were set on, all the things our minds were set on, we shift to setting our hearts on the things above because we died and our life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Oh, what a great verse says. When Christ, who is your life. So now we died. Christ is our life. We're not looking to this world to, to find life and find ourselves in this place. Christ is our life. It's all about him and his life lives in us and, and we're with him. And one day, if you don't know this, if you're here today and, you, and you're new and you don't know this, it says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Our great hope when we set our minds on things above, is we believe Christ, it didn't just happen in the past. One day, Christ is going to return. He's going to appear. And he's going to take all the brokenness of this world and all the things that are wrong and all the things that we all know, this just doesn't feel right. It's not how it's meant to be. He's going to appear, and he's going to fix all those things. And the Bible tells us, if you read in the reading plan, we were in the end of Revelation, there's this picture. He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to wipe away every tear. He's going to fix everything that's been broken. And one day, he's going to appear. He's going to do that. He's going to come back. That's where our ultimate hope is. And if you're found in him, you're going to appear with him. You're a part of that. So it says then, in verse 5, so this is our hope. We've set our minds on him. We've set our hearts on things above. This is the call. This is what we're meant to do, to say nothing else. He's the priority, you know. Everything else in life finds its place around that. It says, then, do these things. Verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. It's easy. Greed, the, the essence of greed sometimes is it makes an idol of something. We set our hearts on wealth. We set our hearts on having more. And it becomes the thing our lives are set on. It's such a, it's a, it becomes like an idol. It's actually what we end up giving our lives to. He says, that's... Greed is just idolatry. You're setting your heart in the wrong thing. And because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Because of these, one day, that's Jesus. He's going to appear. There's going to be a fixing of all that's gone wrong. The wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways. You used to. This is your old life. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now, now that you've been raised with Christ, you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger. Rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. Pause there for a moment. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying it's like you used to have one way of life before you died and let go of that old. You had one way of life. And you're just to start taking it off. It's like it's an old pair of clothes. And you know what? Now that your life is hidden with Christ and God, everything of your old life is like old clothes. And take them off. Because you are now being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of his creator. And here's what I want to just keep for a moment here to remember. It says you are being renewed. There is such a great picture to realize this. When it talks about, you know, we've got to get rid of some of these things. We've got to put off some of these things that used to be a part of our old life. Some people avoid baptism because they think, oh, I've not done that. I've not gotten rid of all these things. 
I'm still angry. Get rid of anger. I've been working on that for 10 years. I'm not there yet. Some people think that I can't get baptized, and it makes me sad every time I hear someone say something like this. But it's so common, and you might feel the same thing. Even if you're a follower of Christ, you think, I'm not ready yet. Like, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Baptism is not a finish point. Baptism is a starting point. You are being renewed. I am being renewed. I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. All of us were works in progress. And, 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 and we are being renewed. So since you've been raised with Christ, since you already went through baptism, now begin to do these things. Because all you need to be baptized is to be willing to say, I know, I know I'm not perfect. I know I have need of a Savior. And I acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. That he died in my place and he rose and I want to just be found in him. And I'm not perfect yet, but I'm going to set my heart on the things above, and I'm going to be renewed over time. He's going to begin his work in me. This is, uh, I just want to, you know, for some of you think, you know what, I, you, you know you trust Christ, but you sort of feel like I'm not ready yet. This baptism is not a ready yet thing. It's not a I'm there yet thing. It's a I'm moving this direction. You know, you see, we, we give T-shirt, you know, to anyone who gets baptized, uh, we, we give you. So if you're looking for another reason to get baptized, a free T-shirt. I mean, that seems like kind of a, uh, inadequate. You know, sometimes you have a reward for something. You're like, yeah, if you will dedicate the rest of your life to following Christ, it's a free T-shirt. So, but we're not hoping, actually, that's what happens. You know why, we, why we're giving people those T-shirts? Because what baptism does, you know, you see that arrow as a church. That's our symbol. We're called True North. And the whole idea is because it's not about if you've arrived yet. It's about what direction you're moving. And that arrow and that picture is all about just saying, I've set my mind in one direction, and I'm not there yet, and I'm taking stuff off, and God's taking stuff off me, and I'm being renewed. And I'm being renewed, and you're being renewed, and none of us are there yet, but we're, we're, baptism is a choice. I'm moving this direction, not that I'm there yet. And he goes on and says here, verse 11, here, when, in, in, in the life of those who are following Christ, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. It's a great picture. Most of those words don't mean a lot to us, except barbarian. Some of you wives called your husband that this week, and so you have a picture. My, my wife might have needed to. You know, the, the point of all those is there's no, you know what, where you've come from doesn't matter anymore. When you've been raised with Christ, where you're from and what kind of person you are and all the lines that used to separate us, they don't matter. They all come down and we're all, Christ is all and, and in all. So therefore, verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. You know, he's speaking to the church here. You know, as God's chosen people, not that, 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 that like, just because we're so special, but he's saying all, all the people, you, when you came into Christ, you become a part of God's chosen people, become a part of, of what God desires for, for everyone, to know him, to be a part of his people. This is who you are as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Know that. You're holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves. So here's what you're going to put on, taking all these things off. Clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues, put on love, 
which binds them all together in perfect unity. This great picture of here's the things that we now put on. Since you've been raised with Christ, you set your heart, set your mind, start moving that direction. Take some of these things off. Work in progress, being renewed, knowledge of your creator. And now put these things on. Kindness, compassion, humility, gentleness, patience. What a picture. I mean, wouldn't you love to be a part of a group of people that that's what described how they related to each other? Gentle and humble, compassionate, kind, patient. This is who we're supposed to be. It's who we're supposed to be to one another. It's who we're supposed to be to the people around us, who we're supposed to be in our workplaces. And he gives us the capacity to do these things. I I love this phrase, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You've been raised with Christ and you move in that direction. How are you doing with forgiveness? I don't know about you. I read these when we were in the 40 days. and I forgive as the Lord forgave you. And it just stood out to me. And I thought, am I forgiving as the Lord forgave me? How did he forgive me? Lavishly, generously, before I deserved it. All those things. He just, he forgave. Doesn't count our sins against us. Doesn't hold a grudge. He just forgives. And, and I, I thought, you know what? I want to, oh, Lord, would you help me to forgive people that way? And just people I perceive or think have wronged me or who have done wrong me or whatever. But, you know, this is who we're supposed to be. Are, are we living this as a church? Are we these kinds of people? Setting our heart on things above, forgiving so the Lord forgave us. Now, verse 15, that next section. Here's this great kind of wrap up. Verse 15. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Wow, what an incredible call there. The peace of Christ. You know, I was, I was actually, I was uh, at a church last week. I was preaching on, on, uh, at a church on the on the East Coast. If you thought I just slept in, I didn't. I was up early, I promise. And um, two hours earlier than, than you were probably. And, um, and, and, and they were telling me about one of the spiritual retreats they do. And one of the first verses they encourage people to memorize is, is Colossians 3, 1 to 17. And I was, like, I was like, oh, I know what those verses are because I read them like the day before. <laughs> and I tried to rattle off and I got some of it. And then I confessed that I was just trying to act like I knew the Bible really well. I just happened to read it the day before. But uh, the, the point is, you know what, these are just great verses to actually memorize. You know, one of the reasons I wanted to spend time, this picture of life, this picture of what it means to follow Christ and be the church, every last one of us, you know, wouldn't it be great to just have it in our hearts and shaping our thoughts? Because what a picture to be this place of peace as a church. You know, we're called to peace and to be thankful, just to be thankful. And so we live in such an entitled era of history. But there's this incredible call to be thankful. And thankfulness and gratitude are like this. It's like this emotion. It's like when we turn our hearts and, and choose to be thankful, because you can always choose to be thankful for something. Thankfulness is a choice. And, and so it's why it says be thankful, be thankful. And whenever you choose to be thankful, thankfulness is like this feeling and emotion that will end up welling up in your heart and driving out anxiety and worry and bitterness or envy or covetousness. When you're just thankful, you just end up in this space of like, man, I'm just, I'm just so grateful for all that God's given me. And it brings peace into your life. If you struggle with that, be thankful. That's why it says, be thankful. And let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude 
in your hearts. I love that it says, as you teach and admonish one another. Do you realize this? It's not just Dean who teaches and admonishes. It's not just a couple people on a stage. We're, as a body, called to teach and admonish and encourage one another, spur each other on. And one of the ways that happens is as we sing together. I love that picture of singing because, you know, when we sing songs, we sing that song, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. You know what? When your voice rang out and combined with the person next to you and next to them, and that whole thing rings out, it does something in our hearts. And it encourages. You know, you admonished me today to follow Jesus and say, no turning back. If you were singing, you admonished me, you helped point me that direction, and the person next to you and next to them. What an incredible picture. And verse 17, incredible wrap-up. And whatever you do, at the end of the day, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, the things you say, the things you do, whatever, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This final just picture, you know what? Since you've been raised with Christ, set your heart, your passion the things that really matter to you, set your minds on, on things above and, and begin to just pursue God. Start moving that direction, that that's where your life is. It's all about him. Take off some of these old things. Allow God to speak into your life and help you see what things need to come off and what things need to go on and what things need to come in. And let him do his work of renewing you. And, and then just be, be a part of a body of people where you love and forgive and Patient, bear with one another, sing together, teach one another. And, and really, you know what? At the end of the day, just whatever you do, whatever you're saying, whatever you're doing, do it for him. This is just a picture of what it looks like to follow Jesus. And I want to encourage you in just a moment. We're about to, to take communion. And... Uh, and, and, and what communion reminds us of, if you're not, and if you're not familiar with church, we're going to take some bread. It's a little cracker and a, and a cup of juice that remind us. And Jesus, you know, called us to do this, to remember what he did for us. The bread reminds us that his body was broken for us. He went to the cross for us. That it's not about how good you and I are. It's about how he was perfect and he laid down. He died the death that you and I couldn't. And he, the cup represents his blood. He spilled his blood, perfect blood. Died the death you and I couldn't, was raised to life. And, and when we eat it and drink it, we say, I, I'm putting my hope, I'm putting my trust in him. Recognizing that this is all the things he's doing in us over time. And I'm going to invite Naveen, if you want to come up, because I want to give some people to reflect in just a moment here. Uh, as, as you take this bread and take this cup, I want to encourage you just to ask yourself a, a couple things today. You know, and, and the, first, the first question is this. Uh, for some of you, uh, it may be to even ask yourself in this moment to ask God and to just say, you know what? And, and you may come at this question from two different angles. Are you calling me to be baptized, to actually begin this journey of just saying, you know what? I'm not there yet and I don't have it all figured out, but I know this. I want to set my heart on things above. I want to trust in you. You don't have to have it all figured out. What, what you just have to be able to acknowledge is that none of us get to become a part of God's family except by the body and the blood of Jesus. And if you've got enough faith in you to say, I believe that Jesus was the Son of God, I believe he rose again, and I want to make that the center of my life, then that's all you need. That's all you need. And I want to encourage you to think about and actually ask God, 
Are you calling me to make that the center of my life? And you know what? If you want to be baptized today, we've got another service coming up. We've got clothes and towels and things over in the secondhand clothing shop. We'll get you the free T-shirt and everything. And, but if you want, I encourage you to listen. And you know what? You'll know. Uh, you, you'll know. You'll feel it in your heart. You'll probably feel a little bit of a flutter in your, in your stomach or, or a little, your heart beating a little faster. You, you'll know. God's saying, this is it. This is for you. This is your day. I want you to set your heart and your mind on things above. And, and for others of you, maybe you've been baptized. In these few moments, just to ask yourself and to be willing to say, and honestly, before God is my heart, have I set, are there things that are creeping in and my heart's being set on, on other things? Are there things that, that, that I've actually let what I'm focused on shift a little bit? Or maybe there was somewhere in those verses, something really jumped out at you, and that was the Spirit of God just saying, I, you know, this is something I want to help you take off. We don't do it on our own. He helps us take these things off. We ask his forgiveness and turn and say, Lord, help me to put on those good things we talked about. So I'd encourage you, take this next few minutes. Ask him those questions. The ushers are going to pass around communion, and uh, you can begin that now. And as you hold it, maybe just ask yourselves those two questions. You can eat the bread whenever you're ready. Hold on to the cup, and uh, I'll come back, and we'll drink it together in just a few moments.